When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joining us now to talk cricket is uh, former Black Cap and Cantab- proud Cantabrian as well, Andrew Ellis. G'day, mate. How are you? Morning, Ricardo. Good, mate. It's a story. What, what, what's the weather looking like in um, in Christchurch, mate? Uh, the forecast doesn't look great, but what, what's the sky looking like? Yeah, well, she's quite warm at the moment. There's a northwest arch over towards the uh, the Alps, which is... Um, which is not a not a bad sign if it was going to stay like that, but um, it can mean there's a southerly um, just creeping up the South Island. So it's just probably a matter of uh, when I think is the question. Right. So what what chance? Yeah, you know you've you've lived there a long time. You know those conditions well. What chance do you think we get a uh, hundred overs of cricket today? Um, yeah, well, I actually haven't looked at the forecast, but I've just heard anecdotally that, that the rain is expected, so they don't often get it too wrong. Um, yeah, it's just a case of when. I mean, if it comes later than expected, you know, we could, could get a good game, and then, you know, if it holds out till the evening, um, but yeah, just if that's, if that suddenly starts to get up, then, um, then as soon as it turns, we know we're not far away from some rain coming. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a problem. I know there's been plenty of uh, Indian fans online who have uh, expressed their discontent about playing cricket in this part of the world in November, and after the debacle that was the World Cup, I mean, you can't really blame them too much at the moment, mate. I, I don't know how close you are to the stadium, the new stadium plans in Christchurch. From what I understand, the new stadium's going to be rectangular, but, geez, if they made it oval and put a roof on it, they might be onto something. Yeah, well, the uh, the fury that we went through to get Hagley Oval, I think trying to get us number two ground at the stadium is probably probably going to be a bridge too far. But um, I love your innovative thinking, Ricardo. Well, but that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for, Andrew. I try, <laughs> mate. I try. Hey, uh, it's interesting to see Tim Southey the other day. He was asked about whether or not he'd follow in the footsteps of um, of Trent Bolton and to an extent Martin Guptill as well and, and go off uh, central contract. He didn't seem to think it was a, a great idea. He's he's pretty much sticking to his guns at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? A lot of these conversations coming up now, different situations, the the landscape of international cricket is changing and athletes are exploring different options and, you know, amidst a very packed schedule and there just seems to be a bit of a, a snowball of momentum, you know, of all these factors sort of coming together that's going to, you know, almost might reach a boiling point at some, at some stage. But, but yeah, this is just the, the changing nature of, of the game, really, and the administrators are, are having to keep pace and, and balance the, the game's needs versus the individual's needs. What did you make of? Um, I mean, obviously, Guptill's taken this decision to to um, shred his contract because he's not been getting game time, mm. um, and it, it felt like to me that he probably had this offer from the Renegades first and went to New Zealand cricket, and they said no, mm. and he said, well, in that case, how about tearing up my contract because you're not playing me anyway? That's kind of how it felt. Mm. Um, but do you yeah. think they're, they're putting? You know, if they've got all their eggs in the Fen Allen basket, do they need to balance things a bit more given, you know, the amount of experience and runs that Guppy's got behind him with the ODI World Cup just a year away? Yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, again, uh, that's, there's so many elements to these decisions. Um, but I think what what we're probably seeing now is maybe the 
the changing nature of how we need to do succession planning and, you know, the idea of a Ross Taylor, you know, sort of 15, 18-year career might be gone. Um, you know, look at Guppy and Trent, Trent Bolt. They, um, you know, they, uh, they've given 10-plus years to the, to the game and now they've got young families and they've made decisions that they want to, you know, give back to that part of their life. And, and it's not like, you know, they're, they're sort of five years in and they're dipping out. They're, they've been good servants of the game and, and they're probably entitled to, you know, any rational person would, would probably um, make the same decision given the opportunities available to them. So, yeah, I think it's just a changing nature and how we move, you know, Finn Allen and then who comes in behind him. That's all, you know, the challenge now for our, for our bosses. We, I mean, you've you've worked in the New Zealand cricket setup, and now you're working with high performance sport as well. Um, yep. it, it does, like from the outside looking in, it looks like you know from everything I understand, Ross Taylor wanted to keep playing. I mean, you can kind of see that, but yep. the fact that he hasn't retired, he's still playing for his his uh, said he's going to play another season for CD at least. Uh, and Guppy obviously didn't want to give yep. it away either. Uh, you talk succession mm. planning. I mean. How do you think it's being handled? Do you think it's being handled the right way, I guess is what I'm asking you. How do you think it should have been done? Yeah, well, I mean, it is because until you're on the inside of the camp, it's, you know, it's really difficult to know the, the sort of the ins and outs. And I you know, haven't been around the scene for, for a couple of years now. Um, yeah, it's it's that tough decisions. And, you know, football make these tough decisions all the time. So the players get into the to the back end because the last thing you need is them to finish and then not have someone to step in with the experience there. Um, but yeah, like you say, you know, ODI World Cup not far away. Um, you know, World Cup, he may still be a part of that. You know, that conversation may have been had with them um, around that, being around the scene, but on the, they may also see Finnellan as that, as that opportunity and, and he's a good player, a very good player and, and he might start to to really blossom with a few more, few more games and a bit more experience because it, it's really hard that uh, that first part of international cricket. Um, but if he's got the talent and the mental capability, you know we could see another Martin Guptill if, if that was um, if they do things well. Yeah, I mean, I I would have I guess liked to you know the the Ross Taylor conversation is one that's that's been and gone, um, and that's over eight thousand yeah. ODI runs. Guppy's about seven and a half thousand yeah. ODI runs. That's a lot of runs to say goodbye to yeah. in quick succession. I mean, yeah. you know, for me, I would have looked at it if I'm in Gary Stead's shoes and, and and had the conversation with Guppy and go, look, we need a succession plan, but we want yeah. you to be part of it. So we're going to split your playing time with Finn and and, get, and and bring Finn through, but keep him part of yeah. it and keep him engaged uh, and actually give him some games. And that's what he hasn't been getting. Yeah, yeah, that's right, and yeah, I mean that's again. I, no, I, I'll stop short of, of stepping into steady shoes, and and you know what has he's seen that he's made those decisions. Um, but yeah, there, there are a hell of a lot of runs to 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 see leave, and and that's the challenge for New Zealand cricket. I think over the next five years, is we've got probably some of the greats of our games coming to the very end of their career, and how do we keep what has been a, a bloody good five to eight years of of cricket, mm. um, how do we stay at that level and not, you know, if there is going to be a dip, how do we, how do we make sure that dip is not um, a big one and we, and we can, can we can maintain um, the standards that we've set ourselves. 
Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. I mean, it, it, it's it's easier said than done, right? I, I totally, totally get that. Um, and we are saying saying goodbye to a lot of guys, um, and will be more in the in the next few years. I mean, Steady himself said the other day that there are guys in this New Zealand team who will be considered greats in the future. I assume he's talking Southie yeah. and, and and Kane, but I mean, he he might have an eye on a few others that maybe haven't quite attained that yet. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, Tom Latham is gradually building up that that uh, career, uh, those numbers that I think will no doubt put him at the at the the top end of our game. And you look at someone like Devin Conway, and you know I played a bit against Devin at the end of my career, and you just got the feeling when you bowled to a guy like that that he was he was special, unbelievable that um, that South Africa could let him slip, but. Um, with another few, you know, number of years, I actually don't know how old Devin is, but he is a class act and could very much end up in that Michael Hussey type uh, um, style for New Zealand, have a fantastic career and, and shepherd us through into this next era. Mm, yeah, 100%. Now, it was interesting, I thought, that um, the way that Jimmy Neesham and Daryl Mitchell's roles have developed, I mean, both of those guys five years ago, I think we, we would have said are fast bowlers who can bat a bit. Uh, maybe even bowling mm-hmm. all-rounders. But now we're seeing them as out-and-out batsmen. Uh, I mean, you see that mostly last T20 World Cup. They neither, I don't think Daryl bowled at all. Jimmy barely bowled. Uh, and now Jimmy obviously has been let go out of the team to go uh, for for the wedding. And um, who have they brought in? Henry Nichols. So, they, you know, they, that suggests to me they see him as an outright bat now. Yeah, and I'd probably share those thoughts, to be honest. And I think most people playing domestic cricket would... You know, all the all, over those years would have concurred with that as well. Ricardo, um, you know, Daryl, you know, outstanding batsman, very very good batsman, brought up in Perth, shots all around the clock, uh, but works really hard at his bowling, and he d- does a good job. Um, you know, when he gets the chance, he's a competitor, uh, but but batting is his meat and drink, and I think that's probably where his, most of his career has been. Um, niche is always. He's been one of those ones, hasn't he, that we've always seen with the talent, um, whether he's probably quite fulfilled that God, you know, gifted ability is, is probably remains to be seen. But, but yeah, I think they're quite clear around the roles of those of those guys. And, and you know, because we've got some good bowlers coming through that, that we don't need to necessarily rely on number six bowler anymore um, with the Lockheed Ferguson, Adam Milne, you know, Tim Southey, Matt Henry, there's some quality, quality bowlers in our arsenal now. Yeah, we've got, got good depth. And, you know, we've got Cole Jamison to come back as well. I, I, I don't mm. know how far along he is with rehab from his back injury, but you get him back and things look pretty rosy. Yeah, definitely. No, it'll be interesting to see how, how he goes on his comeback there. I mean, from personal experience, uh, the path back from stress fractures is um, a challenging one, not just physically but mentally as well. So hopefully he um, has, you know, got a good load under his belt, and he comes back at the right time, and he's able to be ushered back into, you know, to what is a, a high-pressure environment. Um, so he will need to be managed if we're going to get the, you know, the long term out of him because he's uh, he's an outlier. You know, when you're that tall and you've got frame that big, you can't be treated the same as um, as you know Joe Bloggs in the middle of the bell curve. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, even, you know, somebody that's been through something similar, I guess, would, would have been Shane Bond back in his career. And while he bowled at that pace, he, he certainly wasn't coming from that angle. He was a bit shorter uh, than Kyle. So it's going to be an interesting one to see how that develops for him. 
Yeah, no, that's right. And, you know, Bondi eventually having the surgery to fix the issue. You know, Kyle going through a conservative rehab on this first occasion. So hopefully that's done done the trick for him and he can he can put that behind him. But he's, he's still a young man. Um, but, yeah, we probably just need to, you know, particularly if a, if a Tim Southey retires um, and we've probably taken for granted the, the resilience of Southey and Bolt over mm. the years and alongside of Wagner to really just do some massive yards. Um, uh, you know, who's going to be that next one, those ones coming through that will have the body resilience to allow Kyle Jameson to, to come in and out of the attack? Yeah, I mean, that that is a, uh, that is, a, that is, I mean, like, if you've got him, your eight is sewn up, right? Here's that bowling all-rounder that can always always get your runs. Um, speaking of all-rounders coming through, uh, what about what do you make of uh, Henry Shipley? Well, he's been getting some some good numbers for Canterbury. How far away do you think he might be? Yeah, no, definitely. That's, um, I mean, Chippo's had his injury concerns over the years as well, as most young men do coming through those those vulnerable times in your early twenties. Um, but I'm a big fan of that domestic apprenticeship, Ricardo. Um, he's had a great couple of seasons. Um, showing you know good glimpses of what he can do um again next stage for him i'd love to see him you know drive canterbury towards some titles and competitions and you know play four campaigns um and then because how do you replicate the demands of international cricket well it's as much it's as much about the longevity of your season as it is about the, the acute performance over a couple of games and you know a hundred or two here and there so we know he's got the talent. We know he's got the, the skills. But how does he put that real uh, combative uh, mindset around winning and and taking the team, driving the team? Because that's what the all-rounder has to do. They have to drive the team. Most of our great all-rounders you know, tend to be the talisman within the team. So how can he take that role and become a leader and drive Canterbury towards titles? And, and then you're probably looking at, yep, ready for those rigours of international cricket. Mm. You, do you see, uh, I mean, the, the style of play he likes, do you see the best way to, to introduce him if he's going to be introduced into the black cap setup is through the T20s? It generally tends to be the, the best introduction ground, Ricardo, for those for those young players to get used to the, you know, the crowds and the, the intensity and, and all the stuff that goes around international cricket. Um, so, yeah, and often we play that many these days the context around them gets a little bit lost so you can sort of get a taste um, before entering into sort of the bigger realms of ODIs and, and test matches but I mean Chippo for me has always been a batter who can bowl um, his batting talent is, is phenomenal I st- you just used to watch him do things and just marvel and go Jesus I wish I could do that without even thinking so he's one of those guys and probably you know similar similar help to niche probably yeah, right. Uh, so I'll keep an eye on him, mate. Um, much like we talk about succession planning, it looks very much like this Indian team is that team. I think they're seven guys who would probably be in the mix that aren't here. But, uh, man, they, they've got talent on talent, don't they? Um, you reckon if we get the game underway today, if we can, if we can get some, some cricket going, uh, that they, they can bounce back from Eden Park? Oh, no doubt. I mean, you, you write an Indian team off at your peril um, with... Some of those shots that uh, that Yadav plays, it's just it, it's cricket in the new era. Um, it, it's just phenomenal, and and the way they they run down at bowlers and and just play without with absence of thought. It, 
it is just pure pure talent and there's never slogging you know amongst those Indians um, and now we're seeing you know good fielding and good fast bowling coming through you know to complement the batting and the spin bowling they've always had so um, yeah it's just they're a they're a production line of talent and that will probably never stop. <laughs> no, indeed, mate, indeed. Uh, good stuff, Andy. I can hear that in the background that you've obviously got, uh, you know, the, the World Cup on. I heard somebody cheering an England goal earlier. Um, uh, before I let you go, who do yeah. you like, mate? Who have you got? Yeah, well, I mean, well, the, the guy who's cheering is a, an Irish, um, one of our Irish strength and conditioning trainers, and he uh, was just watching the England game and, um, the it's coming home tag was rolled out, so <laughs> I, I think we've all we've all got a bit of a sick obsession with seeing England get to the the pointy end of the of the tournament. And I have to say, I'd love to see them there and and possibly pick it up. But whether they've got the talent to do it, who knows? But it's great to see the African nations coming through and tipping up some of the European sides too. So yeah, I just want to see good good sport, good contest. I think that that's what I tune in for. Good stuff, Andrew. Hey, I really appreciate your time today, mate. Go well, and uh, hopefully you get to enjoy some cricket this over. Yeah, thanks very much, Ricardo. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Uh, there you go. Former Black Cap and Cantab uh, all-rounder Andrew Ellis, now part of the High Performance New Zealand setup. Uh, talking cricket, that game's supposed to be underway at 2 o'clock today at Hagley Oval.